All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Tuesday, March 28th. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. He is our NHL insider, Frank Saravalli. Frank, how's it going? Did you just throw a bunch of R's on the insider? Why not? Why not? Try to get some energy in this thing. Also, sharp hoodie, Frank. I like that. What are you rocking there? Uh, I got a little, uh, it's it's baby blue. It's Wildfire Golf Resort in Scottsdale, Arizona. Looks very nice. Looks very nice. Start the show with Fashion Corner with Frank Saravalli. Uh, but let's get to what the people only really want. A, only if you have a size double XL, you can get <laughs> to my Fashion Corner. Uh, let's get to what the people really want, and that is hockey talk. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with one of the many interesting results from last night. It was the Colorado Avalanche getting a big win. Granted, it was over the Anaheim Ducks, so maybe not all that impressive, or it was expected, I should say. But they're now 9-1-0 in their last 10. This is an Avs team that has won three in a row. And, I mean, for the last six weeks, kind of, Frank, we've talked on this show and even on the DFO Rundown about this Avs team just feels like a group that, in the blink of an eye, can go, ah, we flipped the switch and we're going to win 10 straight and it feels like they're on one of those runs right now and they're being led by their big dog Nathan McKinnon uh he scored two points last night including an absolute beauty when the game was 1-1 this Avs team should be striking fear into the rest of the Western Conference point blank especially when you see Nathan McKinnon doing stuff like this Frank they are and we haven't reached Tyler quite the waste of eight days stage yet of the Colorado Avalanche but they're cooking with gas right now and part of it is McKinnon and I think his season to this point has been sort of underappreciated in the sense that 
um, when you consider where this team is at at this exact moment in time, um, you know, this this season from McKinnon, like take a look at his career. It's the best run of his career. A, a, 1.53 points per game by a wide margin. So he's going to hit 100 points for the first time in his career. Um, he's you know got a chance to to get to 40 goals, an outside shot to get there. But when you consider his games played, frankly, his games missed, um, to get north of 100 points this season speaks to how special he's been. But more to the point, when you consider uh, where this team is at with all of the injuries that they faced, most wouldn't even say that McKinnon is their MVP this season. A lot of people would point to Miko Rantanen and say, well, with Gabriel Landeskog out, that Rantanen has been a key driver for this team, and, and that's certainly true. The point is, all things considered, this Avs run that they're on, you, you said 9-1-0 in their last 10, it actually extends a bit further back than that because – if you look, uh, they also had a six-game winning streak before that. So my math, and they said there would be no math in this job, I think there's something like 16-4-1 in their last 21 games. That's an incredible run for a team that I've been saying for weeks still has an opportunity to win the West, and that's basically exactly what they're looking at at this juncture. Yeah, they absolutely have a shot to win the Western Conference. Right now, they sit one point back of the Minnesota Wild. They have a game in hand on them. They're four back of the Vegas Golden Knights as well. And Vegas actually has a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. So the top spot in the West still wide open, even as the playoff races in each conference are kind of getting a little bit less interesting. We're going to talk about the wildcard spot in the East coming up with George Richards when we dig into the Panthers, Frank. But let's talk about a couple of teams that have now punched their ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals, starting with the New York Rangers in the Metro. They are in the third team in their division to get the X next to their name. And as we're kind of doing this week, as teams clinch, let's kind of do a deep dive on them. An X factor for the New York Rangers, Frank, as we head into the playoffs. It's the kid line. I mean, that was really what helped propel them to the Eastern Conference Final last year. Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Filipino, you think back to their playoff run, and it was those guys contributing 20% of their goal scoring in the playoffs. That was a huge boost. There was their coming out party, and they've stuck together for most of this season can they hit the playoffs and then get to that next level again? Can they find more consistency, more ways to impact the game? When I look at this Rangers team, they've got so many nice facets to it. Uh, they've got the top-end elite skill and talent. There's no question about that with the star power that they've assembled in their top six. But the one thing that sort of scares me about this team, aside from their own defensive zone play, is they don't really have an identity line. They don't have one that is a shutdown line that you can throw out against opponents to really make life difficult in the playoffs. This kid line might be the closest thing that they have to it. And for that sake, uh, for their sake, when you, you key in on the star players that they do have and Tarasenko and Kane and Kreider and Zibanejad and that whole crew, if they get shut down by the opposition on some nights, it's going to be up to this kid line to come through for the Rangers. And I think they will. Uh, the question is, how big of an impact will they have? 
Yeah, and I like that point just about the high-end skill, the really solid top six on the Rangers. Well, there's going to be a lot of teams in the playoffs with really good top sixes, and that difference maker could be the production they get from the third line. And you think of in a one-goal game, like you talked about the playoffs last year, that trio combined for 11 goals in 20 games. If your third line is giving you a goal every other game in the playoffs, it's going to push you quite a ways uh, in a best-of-seven series. Frank, let's talk about what could sink them, though. When you look at this group, I mean, the forward unit looks like an absolute juggernaut, but is there a weak spot somewhere on this team? Yeah, and it's not critical of the six defensemen that they have in their lineup. I think it's actually way more of an overall team structure and game, and I would say the one thing that does concern me um, is that defensive zone structure and play. They're not anywhere near clean enough. I think they've done a little bit better job this season uh, cutting down on some chances against and high danger chances specifically, but still that was the one thing that really held them back last year. And what it does is it puts so much pressure on Igor Shesterkin to be really good. And he's talented and, and that's obviously an, an easy thing for him to do, but it doesn't leave a lot of margin for error when it comes to the Rangers and the dips that they've had this season. The times that they've struggled, you can sort of directly correlate it to Igor Shesterkin's save percentage. And I, I don't say that placing the blame on him. It's what's happening in front of him that you can see the pucks end up in their own net. And so they've got the scoring to be able to get there. They've got the offensive flair. Uh, they now have some playoff experience that they're armed with. But can they button things up enough in their own end to be a really successful playoff team? Yeah, I mean, the Shesterkin factor will always be there. Even if they give up three, four high danger chances, they got a goalie who can sometimes just, again, turn on the Jets and stop them all. So that'll always be the pushback to the Rangers' defensive play. But you're right, again, when you go up against really talented teams in the playoffs, sometimes even the best goalies can't quite hold off if your defensive structure isn't there. Let's talk about another team with maybe some question marks in terms of goals against Frank, but the Toronto Maple Leafs became the second team in the Atlantic to clinch a playoff spot. But I want to start kind of on the positive side, you know, the what could go right for the Toronto Maple Leafs? What do they need to go deep? Who's their X factor? Their X factor is Ryan O'Reilly. It's really simple. When I look at this team and, and the, the playoff failures and issues that they've had in years past, I just think back to the, the press conference that team president Brendan Shanahan had when he said, we don't have any killers. They needed a stone cold killer and they went out and got one in a Conn Smythe Trophy winner as playoff MVP in Ryan O'Reilly. The struggle has been that he's played eight games with the Leafs since coming over and, and broke his finger. He's working his way back. He's been participating with the Leafs on this road trip in practice and he's certainly getting closer. They're going to monitor that uh, to make sure that he's at 100% so that they don't end up with a re-injury. But I think he's such a critical piece, and it's not just for what they gave up for him for this run at first, second, third, and fourth round pick. It's also for the different intangibles, I think, that he brings to this group. He you know, sort of came out of the gate hot uh, just after the trade. He went his last five games before the injury um, without any points, without getting on the score sheet at all. And he was brought in to be this team's X factor in the playoffs. Make no mistake about it. I think he can do and touch so many different facets of the game. Uh, the key is, which Ryan O'Reilly are you getting? Are you getting the guy that looks so good in his first few couple games in the lineup? Are you getting the guy that was closer to the 2019 Conn Smythe and Selkie Trophy winning season? Or are you getting the Ryan O'Reilly that we saw through the first 50 games of the year essentially before the trade from the St. Louis Blues in which 
he really didn't look like himself and struggled at times. It's been a tough year for him. So for me, uh, the X factor is 100% Ryan O'Reilly. Leafs are 6-4-1 and one since the NHL trade deadline. Maybe some concern that they did too much, created a logjam on their blue line, disrupted some chemistry, or do you not buy that? I don't know that I buy that. I would say that when you consider this team and all the pieces that were changed out, upwards of 30% of the roster, there's always risk in that. And I think the, one of the big talking points and question marks in Toronto the last few weeks has been, what's the proper roster to head into game one of the playoffs? For me, um, I think what it does is it takes a lot of pressure off the management group. You know, even with making these changes, you've essentially said it's all on the players now. If they don't get it done in the first round, it's not because we left stones unturned. One of the big, you know, sort of buzz phrases that's been in their dressing room the last number of years, burn the boats. This was a burn the boats type of season for the Leafs. And they certainly did that with the assets and future assets that they have. So now it's time for the players to deliver. And if you're looking for a factor that Tyler, you know, might sink the Leafs, to me, the thing yeah. that's always stood out is goaltending. It's, you know, I don't know who's going to be their game one starter. I'd be shocked if it's Ilya Samsonov. Obviously, they've been trying to get Matt Murray out of, uh, you know, the play, recent play that he's had where he's had six consecutive games of four goals or more allowed. I understand his playoff experience, but for me, Samsonov has not only been more consistent, he's been better all season long. It'll be interesting to see what they do between the pipes because that is definitely the one shortcoming they have is basically no matter who they go up against in the first two rounds, Frank, they don't have the advantage between the pipes. They don't have a Vasilevsky. They don't have an Allmark. And it'll be interesting to see if the roster in front of these two can be enough to overcome that gap. Let's head back out west. And we're, this is part one of what we're going to be doing over the next couple of days. But a little old takes exposed, Frank. We're going to look back at maybe a couple of predictions or thoughts we had throughout the season and uh, see maybe what didn't go right. What's yours? Mine is saying that the Matthias Ekholm trade for the Edmonton Oilers was a risk. And I was looking at it some in a way that I'm always typically critical of GMs around the league, saying that they spend so much time worrying about what they're losing that instead they don't focus enough on what they're gaining. And in this case, I was thinking play, uh, the power play. It's been clicking so well all season long and, the, and last year at a historically high rate. So to take Tyson Barry off of that, I was thinking, man, this is a risk. He's also such a well-liked player. To take him out of the room, how does the rest of your team react? Well, Ekholm has been just about the perfect fit for the Edmonton Oilers, and not just from a points perspective and point production perspective, which you've seen here. I think the way that he's meshed in with the team, the pressure that he's taken off of Darnell Nurse and the top pair, um, to me, has been worth his weight in gold. And I think look, you worry about whatever ramifications might come with that trade, whether it's the last couple years of Ekholm's deal or whatever it might be, you worry about that after the fact because this was all about maximizing the playoff opportunity that you have while you have the best player on the planet in your lineup and probably the second best one as well. Yeah, uh, the Oilers' power play, by the way, since the trade deadline, second in the NHL, just over 32%. And uh, you mentioned the ripple effect. Like what Ekholm's done for a guy like Evan Bouchard, 
He's been a point a game since the trade deadline as well. It's been Duncan Keith 2.0. You think how good that Keith Bouchard pairing was against the Calgary Flames last year. Bouchard took a huge step back. And now, yeah, you maybe have an upgrade on that. And it's helping Bouchard along as well. I'm going to stay in the Pacific for mine, Frank. I will be giving you a pat on the back while I kind of laugh at myself. I didn't think the LA Kings could do it. That is my old take. You said they were good enough to win the division, and I flat out said no, Frank. I said that goaltending is not good enough. I said Quick and Peterson are not going to be enough to get them to where they need to be, and I just didn't think that roster was good enough to overcome the goaltending. And while, I mean, I guess I was right that it, Quick and Peterson were not good enough to do the job, I was wrong in terms of how good this roster can be. I think I misread just how dangerous that forward group could look and how deep they could be and how difficult that would be for the opposition to kind of handle throughout the course of an 82-game season. When you have three lines that can kind of consistently score for you, that's going to do some damage throughout the course of a season, and it could do some damage in the playoffs as well. I was flat out wrong about the LA Kings. Yeah, and look, a healthy dish of crow for both of us to eat. I think that's the best part about doing this is if you're going to have the take, you better be prepared after the fact to say that you were wrong. And that's why I do the 32 bold predictions every year. It's a healthy opportunity for me to look like a jackass. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not bad. And tomorrow we're going to dig into some Eastern Conference predictions. And look at that. Oh, nice. I'm not on the show tomorrow, so I don't have to look mm. back on any bad Eastern Conference takes I may have had. Uh, let's dig into the Eastern Conference playoff race a little bit and chat with George Richards. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. George Richards, you can find his work at floridahockeynow.com. Stopping by for another edition of the All 32. George, last night it was another tough loss for the Florida Panthers, and we've been saying that a lot over the last seven days. A lot of games that felt like must-wins and not a lot of positive results. What's gone wrong over the last week here? Yeah, I mean, I wish 
I wish I could tell you. Uh, Sam Bennett being out, I guess. I mean, I didn't know he was that valuable to the Florida Panthers, but apparently so. He goes out in the third period of that game in Detroit on Monday night, and uh, they end up winning that game. Um, but they haven't won since, and they've been blown out in a, in, in a bunch of those games. So, um, you know, Florida losing to, to Philadelphia, you thought, hey, that's just a bump in the road. You can't lose to Philadelphia. Let's let's make that straight, especially with Toronto and the New York Rangers coming up next. Yet they do. They lose to Philadelphia. Then they lose to the Maple Leafs. They lose to the Rangers. Last night they lose to the Ottawa Senators. Four-game four losing streak at this time of the year in the position that the Panthers are in. What do you want to? What what can you say? I mean, they're 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 pretty much done right now. George, wondering what you make of of the season that this team has had under Paul Maurice, um, and curious what you've heard about sort of the long term view of this coaching staff. I think there's sort of quietly been some rumblings behind the scenes. I don't know. You know, yes, Paul Maurice is on a three year deal. Is he long for this situation? Is there any blowback on the coaching job that he's done this year? with the collection of talent that he's had in front of him, or has this just been a weird year? It's been a weird year, there's no doubt about it, but, I mean, you've got to give some blame to the coaching staff. I mean, these are must-win games, right? I mean, you, again, it's, it's, it's been the, the, the whole picture of the season. They had, a, they had a playoff spot last Monday night when they beat uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Then, you, again, you, you've lost two of the last four games to teams that you should not be losing to, Philadelphia and, and, and Ottawa. And I know upsets happen, but the Panthers aren't pulling the upsets either. They're, they're, they're losing to the teams they should be losing to and can't beat the teams they should be beating. Um, I haven't heard any blowback or anything in talking with Paul, with, with Bill Zito. Um, you know, he, he seems to like the job that Paul Maurice is doing uh, under some, some strange circumstances. Obviously, this is uh, – uh, this isn't the same team that the Florida Panthers had last year. We knew that going into free agency. And then two weeks later, they pulled the Matthew Kachuk trade in which they, they, you know, get rid of not only Jonathan Huberto, but you lose one of your top pairing defensemen who you did not replace. I mean, Florida's defensive, you know, defensive core is stretched to the limit and it wasn't that good to start with. So, um, you know, this, this roster needs some work. Uh, the Panthers knew with the salary cap situation coming in. They started the season behind the eight ball. They came in with 20 players, and three games in, they were a player down. So they were playing shorthanded three games into the season. So they knew there were going to be problems. with The, the, the truth of it is, though, they've, they've, it's been a disappointing season. This team is underachieved. And, uh, you know, uh, it should have been a playoff team. And unless they pull a miracle and go 7-1 and one down the stretch and get some help, it's not going to be. Yeah, and I like that point as well. Seven and one, and they might need some help when you consider where they and sit. Yeah, I, you brought up the big move from the summer and the Matthew Kachuk deal losing Uyghur and Huberto. It was kind of like, hey, lose a couple of important pieces, but you get this big long-term franchise piece in Matt Kachuk. That side of it has worked. Big picture-wise, is the organization franchise going to accept this season as maybe just a growing pain in the process, or do you think there could be some... I don't want to call it overreaction, but some bigger moves this summer in reaction to what's happened. No, this organization's not not af not afraid to overreact, right? They've they've been doing it for years, um, you know. But I do think that they are playing the long game, and that's why they made the deal for Matthew Kachuk. I mean, 
listen, that deal, if that deal comes in two weeks before free agency, Florida, the Florida Panthers probably make different moves on July 1. This came in like July 14, where they had already made their bargain basement moves with the salary cap and everything. Um, so they were, you know, again, they were looking ahead and not at this year. And I think that's something that fans down here don't understand is that, that they were willing to make that move, knowing it made them worse in the short term but really opens up this team's window moving forward. Because if you kept Jonathan Huberdeau and you keep uh, uh, Weger, um, those guys both needed contracts. Contracts that the Panthers did not want to get painted into a corner and have to pay. Um, they did not want to give Jonathan Huberdeau eight years. I, I don't think that they wanted to give uh, Mackenzie Weger eight years. And I think only Calgary was going to give that, you know, a seven or an eight-year deal to, to Mackenzie Weger. So, um they were looking ahead. They were looking to the future. This will be a different-looking team next year. Um, and and I, I think it's just a blip on the radar because I think that, that they like the team that they have, although now there's some questions at some of their long-term guys. Aaron Eckblad's been battling through some stuff this season, and, and, and is he as, as good as they hope he's going to be moving forward? Uh, they love what they've got in Sasha Barkov and, and, and Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhart, and, of course, Matthew Kachuk. But, uh, again, we're just going to have to wait and see what the offseason brings. At George Richards on Twitter is where you can find him. It is going to be an interesting couple of months into the offseason over at FloridaHockeyNow.com. Thanks for the insight, George. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Frank, we got two questions in the hashtag AskDFO inbox for today. I don't know if you saw this. Baseball season's coming up. We're both big baseball guys, and that means the announcements of some stadium food around the league. This hmm. one from Toronto. The poutine hot dog, Frank. You getting a pass or fail on this bad boy? Would you give it a go? Oh, I'd give it a go for sure. Dollar Dog Day is one of my favorite holidays of the year. So um, I try and go dog per inning uh, to keep that ratio, my goals per game, pretty high. Um, I, I saw this yesterday and without, like, just focusing on the photo and not looking at the actual name, like, that doesn't, those don't really look like cheese curds. They look like fried hash browns. Like, you have to, and our guy, our, our technical producer, Alex Allard, well, he could tell you, like, you need to have the squeaky cheese. It has to squeak. And so if it's an authentic, true authentic poutine hot dog, I am in. I'll put you on the spot with this one. Have you ever had any of these, like, wacky stadium food kind of things? Have you ever given something, I don't even know an example off the top of my head, but something insane like this a try? So I'm doing a ballpark tour with my son. He's eight and we hit, we're going to try and get to all 30. We hit eight of them last year. And I went to the Chicago White Sox game. Wasn't really going into that, not thinking much of, you know, the park or the experience, but we got one of those giant batting helmets of nachos. And I was like, oh, who gets a $25 plate of nachos? This thing was massive and it was highly enjoyable nachos are a very underrated baseball snack that's a good one at rogers place in edmonton it's very edmonton ish but a pierogi poutine frank that thing is unbelievable just so little tiny bite-sized pierogies a cheese sauce on top you got some chives some bacon bits a little more cheese sprinkled in there it's unreal yeah that's that sounds absolutely like anything pierogi like you can take that yeah. and inject it right into my veins 
Uh, we did have a hockey question in the Aww. YouTube chat, and it came from our friend Bera, who's out in Sweden. And uh, they want to know, is it possible for Tarasenko or Kane to stay with the Rangers long-term, Frank? I would say yes, but both players and one or the other would have to be willing to accept a short-term, short-money deal. Essentially, I think the play is if the Rangers have a deep playoff run, and I think it's way more likely Kane than Tarasenko to take something like this. I think Tarasenko still views himself um, sort of in the prime earning years of his career. That The pitch to Kane is like, hey, you've won three Stanley Cups. We're, we've got a core here and a nucleus that we're knocking on the door to get you a fourth. You've made a hundred plus million dollars in your career. Sign here for, I don't know, two years times three million bucks. And whatever the number might be, convince him that it's not about the money, it's about the fit and the opportunity. And so, you know, I guess it depends on how much Kane and his family like living in New York too. That could be a big part of it. But um, I could see Kane being one of those players for sure that stays. Let's stick with the New York Rangers because they are who I'm targeting in my points bet daily bets today. Rough start to the week yesterday, but I think this Rangers team is going to have a good night. And I got a handful of plays for this hockey game. So let's dig into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. The Columbus Blue Jackets in each of their last five losses have failed to cover the puck line. When this team loses, it's ugly and the rangers are playing good hockey they're eight one and one in their last 10 and they've covered the puck line in four of those eight wins maybe that number is not quite as high as i'd like but still i think the rangers are going to roll this team they're at home tonight as well minus 155 not a great price but i think they'll win by two or more and i'm also going to take you can see right there a philip heedle assist at plus 230 that is juicy. I like that payout a lot more. He's got two in his last five, so he can get some assists. You talked earlier in the show, Frank, about how this kid line is playing right now. They're an X-factor, and tonight I think I'm going to ride with Heedle at plus 230 to grab an assist. I'm going to make a safer play too, a Zabanejad assist. He's got five in his last five games, and our friends at Points Bet Canada have that at minus 105, so almost even money. So Heedle and, and Zabanejad to grab apples, and the Rangers to win by two or more, Frank, are my three plays. That brings us to garbage time. What caught your eye around the hockey world? Oh, man, it was hard to not laugh and enjoy the celebration from Michael Pozzetta of the Montreal Canadiens in their shootout, pulling the old Tiger Williams, uh, the stick ride. Love to see that. Uh, and just check out this celly. Rides off into the sunset. Uh, like, first off, gets the goal, delivers the win for the Habs against a Sabres team that absolutely needed the points. And it just... What, what an absolute beauty of a Selly. So love that from Pizzetta. And now as the Habs are on a back-to-back -back scenario, I love that as they've called up Caden Primo from the AHL, that he's going to get an opportunity to make his first career NHL start in Philadelphia, where he grew up, played a lot of his hockey in South Jersey, some of his junior hockey uh, right in my backyard here in Bucks County. And he's had a really interesting NHL career, a pro career, I should say, in the sense that He's going to be a critical piece, I think, of what happens next with the Montreal Canadiens. You think five-year plan. And the biggest question for me is, who's going to replace Carey Price? Jake Allen is a short-term, I believe, stopgap option for this team. Who's their long-term solution in net? Can that be Caden Primo? 
His numbers in the minors are excellent. His numbers in college were excellent, but he struggled at the NHL level. And I think a big reason for that has been a crisis of confidence. They left him in too long during some of their down year last year. They needed to get him out of there sooner. His confidence to me, I think, was shaken and understandably so. And so 12 games last year, 868 save percentage. That's not the way that it should have been. It was too much to ask too soon for a young goalie. I don't think we have a full appreciation of just how young some of these guys are. Most NHL netminders aren't making a dent until 25 or 26. Caden Primo still 23 and still very much has a lot of runway left in front of him. So uh, love the Pizzetta celebration and certainly not garbage at all that if you're going to call the guy up, give him the start in Philly on the back-to-back where he grew up and let's see if he can make a dent in the NHL. Phyllis in the YouTube chat loved the Selly as well. And I like what you brought up with Primo's age as well. I think we've been hearing about him for a couple of years. So his name feels older than he really is, right? That kind of happens with these guys who come up a little bit too early. But goalies usually don't hit their peak, like you said, Frank, or even hit their stride until closer to their mid-20s. So certainly he made his NHL debut at 20. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. insane. Um, there you go. Something to keep an eye on over the next couple of days in the NHL. We'll be back tomorrow to break down tonight's slate. So it's going to be a good show. You won't want to miss it. Noon Eastern. We'll be back then. Enjoy your Tuesday night hockey watching, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.